You're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about why younger men have started taking Viagra, how Meta is trying to get rid of bias in AI, and about a dog named Hacho with some mysterious behavioral issues. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Let me describe a scene for you. Two clawfoot bathtubs sit on a hill overlooking the ocean as the sun sets. Inside each tub sits an elderly member of a couple. Okay, no, stop right there. Is this a Viagra commercial? Close. It's a Cialis commercial, but it is the same idea. An older couple doing something romantic, background music, soft VO listing off side effects. Where'd they get those bathtubs? That's kind of what I've always wanted to know. (sighs) Yeah, your guess is as good as mine on that one. (laughs) But as ubiquitous as these commercials are, lately there's been a new trend in the use of drugs intended to treat erectile dysfunction in older men. The trend is younger men. Younger men are getting erectile dysfunction. Sort of, but it's complicated. Wait, if you don't have ED, are you even allowed to take Viagra? Well, yes. If you have a prescription from a doctor, it's absolutely fine. And there are actually a lot of reasons younger men have taken to these medications, but it's helpful to understand what exactly these drugs do. I mean, I think I have a pretty good idea, if I'm being honest. <laughs> let, me, let me rephrase. <laughs> it's a good idea to understand how they do what they do. Okay, that's more like it. Biologists at Pfizer began testing the drug sildenafil in the 1980s as a treatment for hypertension and angina, which is basically chest pains caused by reduced blood flow to the heart. They quickly realized that this drug was not only increasing blood flow to the heart, but other areas as well. Cue the clawfoot tubs on the beach. (laughs) Yeah, well, patients in the trial reported some shall we say, surprising side effects. By 1998, Viagra, the commercial name for sildenafil, was approved as a treatment for erectile dysfunction. Now, it's important to note that erectile dysfunction is caused by all sorts of things, from heart disease and high blood pressure to diabetes and even tobacco use. Anything that could constrict the flow of blood to, you know, various parts of the body. And we tend to think of these conditions as being more prominent in older men, right? But Lately, doctors have reported an uptick in younger patients using these meds as well. I mean, I'm sure they're just using them for fun to see how they work, right? Well, actually, it turns out high blood pressure and heart disease aren't the only underlying causes of erectile dysfunction. Anxiety, stress, depression, and even communication problems with a partner can cause certain issues. Okay, so younger men are actually experiencing a problem. Well, most of the evidence is anecdotal so far, but keep in mind that in the United States, you still have to have a prescription for Viagra or Cialis, and that means that doctors see a reasonable cause for prescribing. Some young men who are prescribed these meds report general performance anxiety or just plain old anxiety, and of course, some guys just want a little boost. So for those guys, they don't have ED, but they use it anyway. Yeah, and there are a couple of concerns about this. One is that using these meds just for fun can actually lead to a psychological dependency on them. Once you get that boost, doctors worry it will be hard to go back to normal without the drugs. Yeah, that makes sense. Another thing doctors worry about is underlying issues. A young man could be prescribed Viagra for ED, but it could be that their ED is just a symptom of some bigger issue, like diabetes, that will go undiagnosed once their ED is resolved by meds. And that obviously can be pretty serious. So it's not all fun and games. 
Definitely not. But we need more research to really understand what's going on. What we do know is that Viagra usage is on the rise in young men, and that could be a sign of bigger concerns. Not sure if you noticed, but I didn't make a single pun during this segment. Must have been hard. (laughs) Meta has released what it's calling a more inclusive AI training dataset called Casual Conversations V2. Uh, Sounds great. Now, uh, maybe we could get a chatbot or something to explain all of the words you just said in that sentence. (laughs) Okay. I had to read it a couple times myself, but it could actually be a big step forward in the development of a more unbiased artificial intelligence. Bias in AI has been in the news for a little while now due to skewed data sets. Yeah, I've heard about it, but how exactly does that work? How can a non-sentient computer have bias? See, that is a great question, and it's one that computer scientists and ethicists have been grappling with for years, and especially since AI has started to be used in our everyday lives. To understand why Meta's new casual conversations is necessary, you got to know a little bit more about AI itself. Can't we just Google it? (laughs) Very funny, but also, yeah, you could just Google it. And if you did, you'd be using AI. Artificial intelligence is a massively broad term that covers a lot of ground in computer science. But at its most basic level, AI allows machines to make informed decisions. So when you do a Google search, there's not a bunch of nerdy researchers looking for results to show you. They programmed a machine to do that instead. That's why the results come back so fast. Right. Without AI, it would take a thousand researchers a thousand years to tell me if Thor could beat Spider-Man in a ping pong tournament. Is that really what you search for? No, but I could. (laughs) Right. Because of AI. And that's the big thing to remember. What AI is really, really good at is handling enormous amounts of data. The internet is just stuffed with stuff. Videos and blog posts and news articles and images. Superheroes playing ping pong. Sure. And when you ask AI to make a decision for you, it searches through all that stuff to find you an answer. It's not always the right answer, but the better the programming, the more accurate the results. And that's where the bias comes in. The AI will be as biased as the people who write the programming, and it will reflect the bias of the data it searches through. Aha. So if it only searched Spider-Man fan sites, it would be biased in its results for my question. Exactly. Enter Meta's new version of casual conversation. They gathered 26,467 video monologues of both scripted and unscripted speech from 5,567 people from seven different countries as a way to give AI more diverse data sets. They call it AI audio visual training, and this new set of videos gives AI a more nuanced and diverse look at human subjects. So theoretically, this would give AI more diverse options when making decisions. That's the idea, and it would lead to more accurate decisions with less inherent bias. How does bias in AI play out in the real world? Is this really a problem? It's potentially a huge problem. We might use AI to review college applications or to approve bank loans, tasks that already have a certain level of bias baked in. If an AI only looks at who has traditionally been awarded bank loans or been accepted into college, then it's probably not getting the whole picture. Got it. That would be bad. Exactly. And that's why it's important to focus on eliminating bias in AI, especially as it becomes more and more powerful and makes more and more of our day-to-day decisions. Right. Like, obviously, Thor would, you know, crush Spider-Man at ping pong. You're kidding, right? Spider-Man was built for ping pong. Mm, Agree to disagree. Veterinarians in Spain recently published a report on the mind-body connection in dogs that could change how our best pals are diagnosed, treated, and trained. And it all came from the case of one mysterious mongrel with a bad attitude named Hacho. 
mysterious medical case. And this could be like an episode of that show House, ooh, but for dogs. <gasps> we'll call it Dog House. <laughs> Very nice. Thank you. In any case, the particular dog, Hacho, was 18 months old, lived in a stable home, didn't have any history of trauma, and was well socialized as a pup. So his owners were surprised when he started getting aggressive with other dogs and with people he didn't know. I mean, aren't some dogs, I, I know it sounds mean, but aren't some dogs just a little bit more aggressive? Maybe, but Hacho was also becoming more and more afraid of new or unknown places, what they call environmental phobia. So maybe he was just a really skittish little guy. Well, that's probably what his owners thought because they tried behavior modification training. And guess what? It worked? No. So the vet prescribed fluoxetine and trazodone, both antidepressants. Neither of those worked either. So at this point, the vet was also eager to understand what was going on. Enter Dr. House. Well, it's Spain, so Dr. Casa? <laughs> but this is where the mystery actually deepens. They happened to notice that even though the dog hadn't been neutered, he had absolutely zero interest in female dogs, not even when they were in heat. Okay, so what is going on here? The vet also noticed that Hacho had what's called a bifid nose. And this is where each nostril is enclosed in its own structure, so it looks a little like the nose is split down the middle. On the vet's hunch, they ran CT scans and an MRI and learned that a part of his nose, called the vomeronasal organ, had never formed, which left the poor guy unable to smell pheromones or even to perceive the world the way dogs are meant to perceive the world. That also meant he couldn't socialize with other animals like a normal dog. Okay, so that explains the behavioral issues. Hacho was getting scared because he didn't know what was going on around him. Exactly. And that leads to a bigger point. We often think that behavioral issues in dogs are just normal. Like when I assumed Hacho was just skittish. Right. But researchers now believe that most behavioral issues in dogs have an organic cause. And that means if we're only treating the bad behavior, we might be overlooking a more serious problem, just like in Hacho's case. In another study, 141 dogs with dry, itchy, chronically inflamed skin tended to be more aggressive, fearful, anxious, and harder to train. I mean, yeah, I'd be a little crabby too if my skin was chronically inflamed. We all communicate how we feel through our behavior, right? But since dogs can't tell you what's bugging them, we need to take changes in their behavior seriously because something else could be going on. So what happened to Hacho? Poor Hacho went through a year and a half of very difficult therapy. Without those structures in his nose, he will never be able to socialize the way typical dogs do. But I'm happy to report that with very consistent training, he is able to walk off-leash in rural areas and will even ignore other dogs so long as they leave him alone. For Hacho, that's about as good as it gets. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Younger men have begun using drugs for erectile dysfunction at a surprising rate. Many thought they were trying it for novelty, but researchers now believe that more young men are suffering from anxiety and other issues that can cause erectile dysfunction. Meta has released what it's calling a more inclusive AI training dataset called Casual Conversations V2. It's one step towards developing AI software that takes into account the broad diversity of humanity when making everyday decisions, which is important for limiting bias. A dog in Spain was behaving aggressively toward people and other dogs for seemingly no reason. But after more careful examination, he was found to be missing a part of his nose that senses pheromones, which is how dogs experience the world. Veterinarians think that most behavioral issues in dogs could have an underlying biological cause. So the next time your dog is a naughty boy, you might want to get him checked out. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. 
You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Did you know that somewhere in Virginia, there's a lost treasure of possibly $65 million waiting to be found? On Expedition Unknown, you'll travel the globe with Josh Gates as he investigates some of humanity's greatest feats and most iconic legends, like the legend of Thomas Beale's treasure. Listen to Expedition Unknown wherever you get your podcasts.